So I said something, you know, a little more vulnerable on Thursday afternoon and did not hear back from them until Friday morning. And I was like, okay, interesting. That did not feel great. Welcome back to another episode of Get Psyched. Amy and I are here doing the thing. You're already laughing. Why are you laughing? Get psyched. <laughs> like went really high. Uh, yeah. that was, I don't know why that was funny to me. It was a good line read. Oh, thanks. I wasn't even. Get psyched. Good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I could go on a tangent there. I'm not going to. I'm going to stay to the script. Stay focused because we know that we end up getting unhinged at some point but we don't need to do that in the first 25 (laughs) seconds of the show uh so because of that i am going to turn the mic over to you and let's uh let's have a check-in how are you doing hi i'm doing pretty well i um am dealing with like just like there's a lot on my plate and then I did not sleep last night. So I feel so tired and loopy today. That's probably why I immediately started laughing <laughs> when you said that. And we could have easily gone in a very ADHD direction on my end. And I'm sorry for that. Um, but I'm excited today to, I don't know, maybe we'll talk a little bit about communication. We'll talk a little bit about like kind of what we're noticing, but yeah. Yep. My ADHD brain, however, does want to know because you said you didn't get any sleep last night, what your sleep score was or your readiness score on your, on your, oh, my ring. ring. Yeah. This is not an ad. Uh, I know. People are going to start thinking I've had more people ask me about aura rings since our first episode where we chatted about it. So oh, God. shameless plug sponsor us, please. Yeah, please. Um, yeah. So with my aura ring, I honestly, it's been really interesting and it's on, it's been a little concerning to me because my, readiness score has been really low I would say for almost a week now and I'm I'm not getting sick I'm not there's I can't I feel fine but um my resting heart rate has been higher and so I don't really know what's going on it keeps telling me like take it easy take it easy and I'm like over my dead body (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding excuse me nobody nobody tells me what to do yeah nobody (laughs) no thank you um and, you know, I think my score is around like 60 something, which is not great. Usually I'm in like the eighties, honestly, like I'm usually doing pretty well. Usually it's like, Hey, you should work out today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Hey, you could, you could push a little bit today. Why don't you try? You know, it says it in it's like friendly way. Why don't you try getting a movement outside in the sunshine or something? And I'm like, right. no, I want to invite you <laughs> move your body. Okay. Weird therapist yeah. doc. Um, mm-hmm. well, sending you good juju and hoping that that readiness score boosts. And so does that sleep score and mm-hmm. recovery. Maybe um, one day, one day I'll sleep again. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's tonight. Who, who can tell? Sending, <laughs> who can say? Sending Z's. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Mm-hmm. What's going yeah. on other than, um, let's dive into your story. You told, you shared something with me that I'm intrigued to let the listeners I know. know. Well, Dear listeners, I have found myself in another situation where I'm talking to a man man in a romantic fashion. 
And, you know, it's really unfortunate. Sometimes I really, you know, like being attracted to men is, is just unfortunate sometimes, you know, like some that's, parts have of you me, seen the meme. That's always good. I think that's my tag for tagline catchphrase tagline now on the show is like, have you seen the meme that says this? True. Um, yeah. But it said something like, um, sexuality is not a choice dot 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 the proof is that i continued to date men (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah anyway so how did you know went on a little date cute little date on wednesday of last week and was you know we stayed up late talking and then thursday morning uh we'd like are texting back and forth bantering until the afternoon you know on and off like i have you know shit that i'm doing so anyway, we busy, we busy. We don't just hang out by our phones. We got busy. things to do. Yeah, exactly. I've got a life. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Anyway, I don't. Uh, <laughs> somebody please, please send help. I don't have a life. <laughs> so I said something, you know, a little more vulnerable on Thursday afternoon and did not hear back from them until Friday morning. And I was like, okay, interesting. That did not feel great. You know, like I felt in my body like, oh, that didn't feel good because I had been kind of vulnerable. I think if I had said something like basic, like, oh, I had a bagel and cream cheese, yum. You know, I'd be like, whatever. Like, does it matter that you responded? Leave me on red. Leave me on red with that kind of comment. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like maybe delete my number. Um, Anyway, (laughs) so... (laughs) So, you know, I had, we had already planned on spending time together on that Friday, on Friday. So um, I just was like, okay, I'm going to like, just bring this up because I had actually said on Wednesday, I'd shared about like what I really want in a relationship, what's really important to me. And one of the things I named was transparency that I truly want to show up in a transparent way. And I really want a transparent relationship where we can just clear things that come up. And if you listen to the last episode or episode, whatever episode we do this order in, um, you know, that really kind of idea of clearing the channel, you know, feels really good. And to me, it's like so important because if I'm starting a new relationship or situationship or whatever with this person, I really want to start out like, on the nose being like very transparent. So I had said that on Wednesday and then this thing happened on Thursday. And so then I'm with him on Friday and we're sitting there and I'm like, Hey, so just to be clear, um, you didn't text me back yesterday after I texted you something that felt kind of vulnerable for me. It didn't feel good. It felt like a little crunchy. It felt a little uncomfortable for me to not hear from you. And, you know, a need I have is like, I really need to be communicated with, and I'm happy to work with you on your communication style. I'm happy to like process this with you. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to, you know, you know, nail it every time, but I, you know, I I really want to work with you. And I just need to be clear that this is a need that I have, um, you know, so in the future, like, is it cool if you even just like heart right? The, the, the message, you know, like, is that cool with you? Is that something that you feel like you can do? And then we can kind of like work from there. Um, in, in between this, you know, he's responding, he's saying things, but that's like the bulk of what I said. And it, that pattern is actually something that you and I have talked about, um, which is the nonviolent communication pattern, which is such a, I feel like extreme way 
Jesus. Oh my gosh. So extreme. Nonviolent communication is the name of the book. Um, And then it says a language of compassion. Um, Anyway, that's what mine says. And yeah, so it definitely felt um, a little vulnerable, a little scary to bring that up. And he did a great job. He received it very well. Um, And it felt like for me, I was able to express that because I've been doing so much work on my own self-worth and what I know I can ask for in a relationship, right? And if I'm not going to get that, that's okay. I know I can live in abundance and know it exists for me outside of this dynamic, outside of this context, you know, like this isn't the only, you know, relationship that I'm going to be able to create, right? And so just knowing and working from that place of abundance um, has been really powerful for me. So yeah, that was a little story that I wanted to share with you because I feel like you would appreciate it. I do appreciate it because I've been, (laughs) I, I think nonviolent communication is something in my own practice with my clients, with myself in my own relationship that I rely on so heavily and being able to frame it in a space of from abundance for you, right? That means this per if this person cannot show up and meet me where I need to be met and meet my needs, then it doesn't mean that I'm too much. It doesn't mean that I'm extra. It means that I know what needs I have and how they need to be met and someone else is capable of it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a nice filter to look through and doing it so compassionately, giving it the opportunity for this person to show up. And we'll get more into that end of the show. But what I love most about this is that it's not just dumping responsibility onto someone and saying, you made me feel bad. Don't do that. And you need to figure it out. It mm-hmm. can, it's really owning your own experience. So you're never pointing the finger. You really don't use you language. It's all I language, my right. experience, my needs. I need this. And so it disarms the other person and allows for communication and it gives that accountability step. In Mm -hmm. fact, here's the action that I do need from you. Mm -hmm. And so it just gives people so much more to work with than big emotions in the room and a fight that really gets you nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Because then it just like kind of puts somebody in that defensive, right? If you go straight into like, you did this, you didn't do this, right? Then it, yeah, just, I think it just goes into a space to like, where somebody's really going to feel like they need to kind of protect themselves, right? Versus, hey, this is what I really need. And this is what I'm, this is my request, right? This is what I was feeling when that happened, Right. And, you know, I really approached it from a place of understanding. And obviously this is very, very new, you know, like I just started talking to this person. I know them from my, you know, like I've known them for years, but just in this context, we've just started talking in a more vulnerable way, obviously. And so really coming to a space where I want my relationships to be led from the heart, right. To be led from this compassion place. That's really what nonviolent communication is. It's a way of communicating that leads us to give from the heart. So this is actually about giving, right? It's a very vulnerable thing to say, Hey, that hurt my feelings. Right. Cause I think both of us have probably in the, been in this position before where we're like, Oh, it's cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm the I'm cool, cool girl. <laughs> I'm the cool girl. You don't have to text me. It's fine. You know, like I've, let, busy. let it be noted. Uh, let it be noted listeners. We are not cool. 
We no. are not cool girls. I don't think that's a surprise to them. <laughs> we, we could be a little <laughs> anxious. Five listeners. <laughs> we could be a little unhinged. We're not cool. Um, and if you want to be uncool too, your needs can also be met. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? Bumper sticker. You know what the cool thing is, is <laughs> oh, I just use cool. The interesting, the deeper, you know, reality here is that expressing our vulnerability can help resolve conflict, right? So just expressing from a vulnerable place, you know, my you know, deep hope is that you know, it gives people the chance, right, to resolve things and not to just like continue to build up walls against each other. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I just feel like that was um, just something cool that I noticed. And we can break down the model if you want to, but um, I just wanted to like kind of, I guess, empower people and encourage people to really like, um, you know, understand that it can be better than this you know, like whatever you're experiencing, most likely your communication can get better. I'm constantly working on this. This isn't something I'm got it down, <laughs> nailed, pat, you know, but I'm practicing and I'm practicing at these beginning spaces and catching these things, right? I'm catching them as they pop up. Yeah. I do think that we should walk through the model because people that are listening are like, cool, Lindsay and Amy are trained therapists and communication is still hard for them. I'm fucked. So mm-hmm. Uh, let's give some actionable steps and walk through the model. Um, yeah, yeah. The first being, and maybe we can just break it down using your example um, yeah. to kind of make it more concrete. So we can also like add in other examples or, you know, whatever, you know, and this is, you know, we're, we're like, what is this like a 20, 30 minute podcast. So just know people that we're not going to be able to hit everything. And, you know, from this book, it's a full on book. <laughs> and so just know that this book is incredible and you could, you too could read it and learn from it. We'll link it. We'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, there are seminars taught on this. The Marshall uh, Rosenberg, the author goes into like teams and businesses and teaches this mode of communication into politics, into all these different spaces, because what the front of my book says, which looks different than Amy's, but mine says, if quote, violence means acting in ways that result in hurt or harm, then su- then much of how we communicate could indeed be called violent communication. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what Amy deems as leading from the heart and being compassionate, basically anything outside of that can cause harm, can cause mm-hmm. pain, can cause what they choose to call violence. So, um, yeah, let's break it down. First yeah, is observation. Yeah, so the model of it specifically, right, is the first step, right, is observation. And from, you know, the book where I'm on page seven, right, it talks about the concrete actions we are observing that are affecting our well-being. I noticed that you didn't respond to me yesterday, right, after I texted you something kind of vulnerable. I might even get more objective than that and take Mm -hmm. right the vulnerability out of it and just say I didn't receive a response to my text right Mm -hmm. at the bare at the bare minimum that is objectively what happened and so I think in this first Mm -hmm. step what is very tough uh, for a lot of people is we bring our own story into it 
and we get a little bit too subjective. So mm-hmm. something that might be even more subjective than what Amy shared was, um, you didn't respond to my text, and it just showed me that you're like you're too busy for a relationship, and <laughs> I don't mean it. To yeah. You. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. If somebody said that to you, like, damn, like that and, would be. And how like, common is that? Oh yeah, it happens every day. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like immediately going into the feeling, immediately going into the like, the um, the finger pointing. Yeah, finger pointing. The subjective like story that we create about someone's behavior right yeah so step one observe and exactly that just objectively observe what happened yeah and I will say like I think this model works the best right when we can know and acknowledge that there are two parts right to nonviolent communication which is expressing honestly right through the four components and receiving empathically through through the four components right so these other the three other components we're going to share like really the this work is about like it's a di- dynamic back and forth right with the core intention that this work will enrich your life right so that's kind of what we're working with here so anyway what's number two also just to piggyback on that if the person that you are talking to is not familiar with nonviolent communication that's okay in general, when you are speaking and acting in this way, it is modeling for them. So mm-hmm. it, you can totally speak and ask for your needs to be met in this way um, without the other person being aware that that's what you're doing. I do suggest yeah. that if you're in partnership, <laughs> both of you read this book, so you're playing on, the, on an even playing field. Um, but in general, if you're speaking in this kind of disarming way, people are going to be more open to having these conversations um, and mm-hmm. entering into, you know, healthy conflict. No relationship yeah. is void of conflict. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Number two is the feelings, right? So this, you can get more subjective. So it's what mm-hmm. am I feeling in relation to what I'm re- observing? And so this means not pointing the finger, right? Not bringing in that subjectivity and saying, you are doing this and you are bad and you, 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 it asks for more vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Like Amy shared, um, you know, it made me really uncomfortable or I'm experiencing some fear. I, you didn't text me back and I realized I had a vulnerability hangover. Yeah. I felt like a little insecure or, you know, I even, I think I used whenever I was explaining the story, right. If felt kind of crunchy, you know, it isn't a technical like feeling on the feelings list, but yeah. for me, please don't like tell your therapist you're feeling crunchy. I'm going to be like, cool. That's not a feeling. I'm going to get out the feelings wheel. And <laughs> or if you're my client, I'll be like, oh my God, I totally get that. <laughs> like granola or like a crust, or like, a, like a pizza crust. That's a day old. Like what kind of crunchy are we talking here? <laughs> I'm thinking like um, nature Valley granola bar that always crumble in your pocket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's this idea of like, how are we feeling in relation to what we are observing? Right. And just naming the feeling. It isn't like you suck and you don't, <laughs> you know, I felt like so guilty. I'm feeling like yeah. you suck. That's not, yeah, <laughs> that's not one either. And so um, yeah, if yeah. you, one of my favorite ways to explore feelings, because for a lot of us, we live in our head. Um, an example, a lot of 
the times I start to use this, this framework with my clients is they'll say, I just feel like, and then will not name a single feeling. <laughs> they will stay in their head or they will stay in story. And that's when it's like, okay, slow down. Where do you feel that in your body? In your body, right? How yeah. is that? So guys, your therapist is not just wasting time when she's telling you to slow down. We're really trying to get you connected to your feelings. And what's really nice about this is you can also Google it. Um, just nonviolent communications, feelings and needs inventory. Mm, it's so and good. The idea behind it is that there's a huge, huge long list of feelings and a huge long list of needs. And if what you are experiencing is more favorable, happy, pleasure, elation, joy, odds are your needs are being met. Mm -hmm. If I asked Amy what she was feeling when she was left on red, Odds are it probably was not one of those quote, and you guys can't see me, but I'm using big finger quotes, air quotes, good feelings, right? Mm -hmm. And when it is more unfavorable, maybe that's anger, sadness, depressed, the idea is that your needs are going unmet. So when you are in this step two of identifying your feeling in relationship to the event, observing the event, um, really dialing in what that feeling is. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to help you so much more in the third and fourth step, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, identifying the need. So mm -hmm. my cue is, ooh, if that made me feel yucky or crunchy, to use Amy's mm -hmm. word, <laughs> or sad or... um worthless maybe mm -hmm. right or like Odds. dejected you know like i'm looking at like the list of words right how are, how we are likely to feel when our needs are not being met right we might feel disappointed we might feel a little discouraged we might feel ashamed you know even like that might be something that could come up right there's literally blah is on here so blah. thank you to <laughs> like great i love that i will take that and yeah so really kind of expressing that from there like you know kind of a concrete and clear need you know i think right. is, is helpful and like, that and is i have a need three. to be communicated with right and so this is a this is the need values desires that are creating our feelings right so i like many people <laughs> enjoy being communicated with and acknowledged and seen, right? And so it's very important to me to feel seen in my partnerships and my relationships, right? So I have a need to feel seen and communicated with because it helps me feel important, like I'm important to you, right? And so then moving into, like you mentioned, number four, the request, right? And that's the concrete actions we request in order to enrich our lives. So this isn't, again, about making it to be bad or wrong or whatever. It's about expression and a request and this, this idea of like, we're enriching our lives by communicating in this way. So. Right. And what I want to say in that is that the request is obviously step four, what is arguably more important is that it is concrete. So yes. I shared an example with Amy before the show that was, um, I'm sitting at home, my partner comes home, slams the door, boom, conflict ensues. 
a lot of times that conflict is because we're both living in our own story. Maybe my story is you slammed the door. That was terrifying and frightening and scary. And I need you, I need to feel safe in my home. I need you to not slam the door. And his truth might be, I had a really long day at work, sat in traffic for the last hour and a half, and I just needed to blow off some steam. Now, if neither one of those truths were ever shared and I just reacted in a very emotional state, it would give my partner nothing to work with and probably is going to invite him to react equally as emotionally. Um, And that can be like, okay, we escalated and it's ended up in a huge fight. It could be stonewalling. It could be shut down completely. And then Mm -hmm. we got nowhere, right? In no point in that whole conflict, was there any resolution or did either one of us leave feeling like we had an actionable step as to how to change this or Mm -hmm. prevent it from happening going forward? Yeah. So yeah, what's going on here? Like what's a deep, you know, kind of like, you know, engaging and enriching that word enrich, right? Your life with this person. Yeah. And hate to break it to you, you can be dating Prince Charming and (laughs) still going to find yourself in conflict. Mm -hmm. It is part of relationship. And anyone that tells you the perfect relationship exists and you're never going to fight, no. And if you Mm -hmm. don't fight, there's just, (laughs) just wait for it. It's coming. Mm -hmm. And odds are you don't have the tools to, to fight fair. So The whole goal here, right, is to be able to Mm. level the playing field and allow conflict to, like Amy said, enrich your relationships versus tearing them apart. Yeah. And I would just say, like, even with that, right, it's like, it's a, like, let's not even use the word conflict, right? It's about expression and reception, right? Expression of what's, what you're feeling and the other person receiving that, right? On whatever timeline they need. They might need a second, right? They may not need 10 minutes. They might need 10 hours, right? To be able to receive what you're saying. And that's okay, right? You get to communicate that and you get to communicate, you know, what's going on there, right? And so I think like this is just a reality of living in relationship that there are going to be things that need to be expressed and there are going to be some things, right? That we're going to need to receive and hear. Absolutely. So the final point I want to drill home about the actionable request is that it's exactly that. You can't say, um, you know, you need to be better. Just don't make me feel afraid in my own house. That right, exactly. That right. Because the feel, nothing. you know, because like, yeah, if the, if the person comes home and slams the door, right, and the person who's affected by it, you know, they feel unsafe, right? Because the door maybe got slammed a bunch when they were a kid and that meant that they were about to, you know, you know be in receive- trouble be in trouble. Yeah. Or something like that. Right. And so, I mean, to me, right. A request from there could be, Hey, if you know, I'm home, I just request that you don't slam the door. Is that, does that feel like something that you could do? Does that feel like a reality or, you know, realistic expectation on your part? Is that, is that how you would say it? What would you say? Totally. I think it would, you know, if we wanted to go through all of those steps, I would observe that that made me feel unsafe. I would share that feeling with my partner. Hey, I don't even think this was your intention. I want you to know that when you slam the door, I feel really unsafe. And if this person is a safe person and you can go that one step deeper, in fact, like when I was little, that 
typically meant I was in trouble. And so I feel my whole like fight or flight system come online and I get really scared. Um, when you come home, if you've had a bad day or anything like that, I'm totally open to talking about it. And my request is that you just don't slam the door when I'm here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so you're opening up that, that space, right. To connect and engage and enrich each other's lives. Right. Absolutely. And if my partner came home and, and I do just want to note that my partner has never slammed the door. So this is totally fictitious. <laughs> um, anyone <laughs> that knows Davis. Davis. Yeah. We yeah. have dogs. They bark like he knows better. <laughs> um, but you know, if he came home and slammed the door and I reacted and was like, don't fucking do that. Like that's going to create a completely different dynamic in the conversation because mm-hmm. exactly what we were talking about in the beginning, you yeah. give me an order, even if I totally align with it, I totally agree. Like, yeah, I really didn't need to slam the door, but you tell me not to, you point a finger. My defiant little 13 year old comes up in me and is like, fuck you. I'm going to slam it harder next time. <laughs> right. So <laughs> just that this framework like we said in the very beginning, is one of compassion, is one about meeting your partner where they are and inviting them into the vulnerable space that you're creating by sharing your feelings and your needs and giving an actionable step for how to move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you, I'm so curious, I just have to ask a quick question because I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this. What would you say if a client was like, Lindsay, that's all well and good. What if my partner is upset at me for using like therapist speak with them? I'd be like, do they want to join on our next session? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. Right. That's interesting. I, I might also use that as a launching point to, is that actually what was said or is that your story? Like, is your story that your partner is not ready for this work? Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then do we need to explore that you need, is this partner someone that aligns with your values and your needs and relationship? Yeah. Um, I right. Think it, it could go in a couple different directions, right? It could be like, is this person, you know, like the, the right partner for you? Also, maybe let's check in and, and do a little role play. How did you say it? Like, how did it come out? Like, what was that like, you know, kind of like, what can we acknowledge here? Right. So understanding the model for what it is. Um, I'm sorry, I think I cut you off. What were you going to say? Yeah. I mean, exactly that, right? Like, um, what you named is that session could go a lot of different ways. Um, Mm -hmm. I think what a lot of people tend to maybe not understand about therapy and the therapeutic process is that your therapist is not going to make these decisions for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, in fact, our, or at least I'll say my goal is to lead you back to self is to make sure that, you know, I will sit here all day and process to the ends of the earth, the different ways that this conversation can go. And ultimately you need to be the one that decide to have those conversations. Ultimately you mm-hmm. need to decide if the relationship you're in aligns with the values and your ethos of, of self. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think like for me, right. I would just kind of validate like, oh yeah, it is kind of scary to talk differently with people. It's it's scary to like 
approach things from a more um, nonviolent way, right? From a more honest and vulnerable place, right? Because this is what this does necessitate honesty and vulnerability, right? Observations and feelings and needs. It's very vulnerable to make those. And it's vulnerable to make a request too, you know, so that feels scary as well. Um, so yeah, that was just like what came up for me just now when you were saying that. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of the last thing I will leave on is, um, like we said in the beginning, odds are if you're communicating in this way, it's disarming people you're mirroring mm-hmm. or you're, you're providing a model for yeah. what is, what is happening. And it's, that's allowed to be clunky. That's allowed to like pull up your copy of the book and, or pull up your own inventory. Like I do that with yeah. my partner. I'm like, okay, good is not a feeling. What are you actually feeling? Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, like the feelings what... wheel that we've referenced in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, the feelings inventory from this book. Um, and there's a way to do that, that is inviting versus I'm going to make this huge change and I'm on my high horse and you need to fall in line, right? That mm-hmm. inherently is violent. If we're using this, this uh, <laughs> yeah. language, that's vi- a violent way of communicating, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Forcing like get on or else. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so right. it's allowed to be clunky. Um, I name it. I'm like, Hey, I'm trying this new thing. Here's actually what it is. And so if you notice that I'm responding differently than I have in the past, here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more inviting than like, Hey, you need to read this book and you need to change <laughs> everything that you're doing. So yeah, you just like leave it on their pillow. <laughs> yeah. And odds are like with everything else in life, anytime you apply stress or pressure to a situation, we're more likely to do what we've always done. We're more likely to lean on maybe those outdated coping mechanisms that we've used in the past. Mm-hmm. And this is no different. So allowing it to be a practice and allowing conflict to skyrocket sometimes. And the more quickly you can catch it, it's like, you know, one, one point for Gryffindor, right? Like you get, <laughs> yeah. you get yeah, one exactly. point towards right. the new behavior. And so not right. expecting that you listen to this one 30 minute podcast and all of your communication has completely altered, but just giving yourself the grace to explore what this might look like. Yeah. Just dip your toe. Come on, the water's fine. Come on in. Wish it around in your mouth a little bit. (laughs) What? Let it marinate. (laughs) Okay. And here we are. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let us know your favorite way of saying, try it on for size. And we'll uh, we'll wait for that in your five-star rating and review. Let us know. (laughs) Okay. I'm out of here. Bye. Okay. (laughs) Bye. We love you.